Welcome to I Am Goddess Collective Podcast, a platform for women to rise up together in sacred sisterhood. We are here to awaken, empower, and support you in claiming your yes as you step into your truth and divine power as a goddess. We are the healers, the shamans, the wise women, the unicorns, the fairies, and the mermaids who have come together to offer ourselves as messengers for the rise of the feminine. I am your host, Nixie Marie, goddess activist, shamanic artist, and oracle guide. I invite you to take a deep breath, inhaling white, sparkly, pixie-loving light, and exhaling anything that no longer serves you as we sit in sacred council together. Welcome to my tender baby. Hello, sacred sisters. Welcome back to another episode of I Am Goddess Collective podcast. I am not alone on this fine evening. I am with a beautiful sister, Erin Gallagher. Hi, Erin. Hey, what's up? Yay, we're so happy to have you here. Erin is a addiction specialist, holistic healer and intuitive reader. And she's here to grace us with her knowledge, her insight, her wisdom. She's also a really powerful medium. I've actually had a few sessions with her personally, and I'm really honored for you to be here. Welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited. This is like long time coming. We did it. (laughs) Yeah, we've been meaning to get on this for quite a few months now, and Spirit has been playing with us, but tonight we're fully committed to being here and being with you guys. So for those of you that are watching this via video on Facebook, I am so excited we're back doing video. I've had some issues with uh, technology. As you can tell, it's still happening, but that's okay. We're still here. And uh, why don't we... (laughs) Why don't we get started on a grounding meditation to begin, as always. So if you are not driving and you're able to, please take a moment and close your eyes. Put your palms facing up, ready to receive all of the wisdom and information that we're about to give you. As we take a collective inhale through the nose, And release it with a sigh. (sighs) Taking another big inhale through the nose. And releasing it with a sigh. (sighs) One more last big inhale. Breathing in the light. And exhaling anything that doesn't serve you at this time. As we imagine a beautiful rainbow light in front of our third eye, shining ever so brightly. As you pay attention to this ball of light, you feel this energy of freedom, joy, and bliss coming from this ball of light. As you ask for this ball of light to expand a little bigger so that it is now around your entire, around your head, your crown, your throat, you feel yourself getting an energetic upgrade, cleansing your throat, your third eye and your crown chakra of anything that's been blocking you in, in speaking your truth, in seeing that, that which isn't always easy to see, in your divine connection to source, allowing for this rainbow ball of light to just move through all of this, these energy fields, cleansing every cell in your body as it moves down 
into your chest, expanding your heart, into your gut, clearing up any uncertainty, any unwanted debris, any feelings of uncomfortability or unease, feelings that make you uncertain of your decisions, just clearing all that energy away at this time, really allowing for that light to just send this blissful energy in these areas of our bodies. Moving this ball of light now down into the hips, into the sacral and the root, the place that we feel most grounded, secure, and stable. When out of balance, we feel ungrounded, chaotic, and sometimes fearful. Allowing for this ball of light to just clear up anything that's in there that's stuck, any energetic debris that you've picked up from another. If you have hips that feel tight in this moment, just ask for them to be loose and ask for the emotions to come up. And especially for us women, ask for them to be just released so we can feel it all and have no shame or no guilt around that which we need to feel. We store so much of our emotions in our hips. Sometimes when we put attention on them, things come up and we wanna feel and release and purge. So if anything's coming up for you right now, I ask and invite you to just release it, however that looks like for you. As we expand this ball of light around us now, we connect all of our energy fields becoming one with each other as sisters in this sacred council together. Asking for our guides, the goddesses, Isis, Mary Magdalene, Yeshua, Jesus, and all of our guides, ancestors, to be present with us at this time. Thanking those that have come before us and those that will come after us. We thank you for being with us and guiding us to this very present moment where we get to sit in sacred council together and heal and grow and transform. The fact that we get to be here together is a blessing and a miracle. So thank you for answering the call. Thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up and looking at your shadows. Thank you. Taking a big inhale through the nose collectively and releasing it all in this moment, exhaling it out with a sigh. If you still feel any tightness in your body, just move around your neck, wiggle your hips, your shoulders, really bringing yourself back into your body because that's what we're here to experience. We're here to experience our bodies and be in our bodies, feeling our knees, our hips, our breasts, our hair, our voice, our cheeks, every inch of our body we get to feel in this moment, taking a big inhale through the nose. And exhale with a sigh, <sighs> bringing yourself even deeper into your body, massaging your shoulders, feeling your hands. Just give yourself a little squeeze, a big hug, a big acknowledgement hug for all the work that you have been doing. It is currently Scorpio season, so there is some fire burning in the pots right now. We're feeling a lot of feels and we just get to acknowledge ourselves for being here. None of it all matters other than the here and the now. As we take one more big inhale through the nose and let it all out with a sigh. Slowly <sighs> and ever so gently and gracefully bring yourself back to the room. 
and opening up your eyes when you feel called. Welcome back, sisters. <laughs> oh, yes, please. Well, hello, Erin. Are you with us? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like feeling my hips and doing I circles know. and like, mm. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. We are in our bodies for yes. sure. All right. Well, let's get started. Welcome, goddesses and Erin. So we've got a very special, we've always got special things to talk about, you know, on this podcast. And I really just want to send my infinite love and gratitude for those that have been with me from the start and for those that are here now in this moment, because it has been a journey getting this going. And Erin has been a very supportive sister. So it's really, it's really special to have you here. So why don't you begin, Erin, by telling us really how you found yourself in this Aaron spirational body. Um, yeah, so it's been a long journey, but it's also, it's funny how time works because as you get going and as you become more spiritual and, and get your body more, it's like um, time kind of shifts and things that you used to think took forever are really short and vice versa. So it feels sometimes like a very long journey, like hundreds of years, and other times it feels like one year. So it's very interesting. But um, it really all, the turning point for me happened when I got sober. So I had been using hard drugs. I'm 37 today. So when I was, I started using hard drugs when I was pretty young. So when I was 16, 17, I started getting into meth and everything. I kind of grew up in a redneck town where that was like the norm, <laughs> sadly. and. Um, Grew up kind of hiding, numbing, shaming, self-shaming and stuff and um, went down that path. And for like five years, I was in that dark place. And then I turned, when I turned 21, basically my guides, which I didn't know at the time were my guides, said, move away from this place or die. And I knew those were my choices. And I, being a person that's resilient and ready to always fight and um, no matter how powerless I felt, I always had this this place inside me that was like, you are so powerful. And this, and I knew that that whole, even then without really knowing I knew it, this whole journey was leading me to the next, to a huge, something huge and that I didn't have a name for at the time. So moved to Boston, which is where my um, mom's family lives and was there for 10 years. But when I moved, I basically, I, I used the justification that like I quit drugs, but what I really did was replace it for alcohol. So, um, and that justification worked really well because I got to tell myself and other people, look, I quit crack and meth and no one can fight back with that. They just go, Oh, that's amazing. Like you're amazing. And I was just like drinking being like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing so well. And it's like, and I talked to a counselor later about this and he's like, you're basically just killing yourself, but slower. And, and that's really what it is. And so I did that for another 13 years, really. I mean, it was like 17 years was my full addiction period. Um, and that's when I was saying it felt like sometimes really fast and sometimes it felt like hundreds of years. Um, but as we know, a lot of people find their way on the spiritual path through the path of suffering. I mean, that, sometimes that's how, a lot of times that's how it happens. Um, and so, you know, a big part of that is you don't really know, or you do, but the, the type of deep, um, like warrior mentality wisdom that resides in you and in the earth until you've kind of gone through the, the hell of things. Um, uh, the other day, I think we were on a chat and I accidentally said wealth and hell being instead of health and well being. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I make up words all the time. And I was like, Ooh, I like that wealth and hell being, but it just reminded me of that's how I felt like a hell being for a long time. But it was good though, because it led me to heaven. It's like, sometimes you have to see hell in order to be led to heaven. So I did that for so long. And then, um, I had moved to LA in 2011 after being in Boston for 10 years and just continued the, um, hell being and did that <laughs> for a while. And, um, just got to where it was so kind of like when I turned 21 and my spirit guide said, move or die. 
it was sort of like my next tipping point was I got a DUI in 2013 and it's been almost four years since that. But when I got a DUI, I still, it still took me another eight months to quit drinking, but, um, it was a process of undoing those 17 years of denial. That takes a long time. So, uh, it takes a long time to undo what you have, the perceptions and the story you've created around yourself because being in it for 17 years, I created all sorts of wonderful stories and I was such a good liar. I can't even tell you how good of a liar I was. I was lying to myself, everyone else. And, um, and after the eight months I got sober and it wasn't really a big, it's funny because I feel sometimes like it should be like, I got sober and every, like, it was this huge awakening where I realized it wasn't really that. It was just kind of like, I'm tired. Mm. I'm just tired. Like I'm tired of, of like, I'm not drinking to get drunk and have fun anymore. I'm just drinking to not feel or to keep up with the lifestyle I've created for myself. So I was like working nights and I would come home and just drink whiskey all night and like pass out with like food in my mouth. Like it was really gr- Like I was starting to get like really bad. And it wasn't even fun anymore. It was just like, I'm going to go hide in my room and drink. So it wasn't like a party, you know? And so it was starting to feel like the same when I quit drugs. So I did, um, I quit drinking without much fanfare, but I remember the very first party I went to after it was very nerve wracking for me because to have to go to a party and not drink. So I had my coffee with me because I was like, I know I'm going to get a huge coffee at Starbucks. Like I'll bring that and I'll nurse it all night as if it was like an alcoholic beverage, right? And how did that work for you? And um, I was just like, mm, like I was just <laughs> nervous, hopped up on caffeine. And on this night, Kurt Cobain's biological sister was at this party. And wow. yeah, Kim Cobain was at this party and we were doing karaoke. It was a karaoke party at my friend's house in Glendale because she was an assistant editor on the montage of Heck, which is Kurt Cobain's documentary that came out a few years back. And so Kim was in town and she was like, we were doing, we did some karaoke, like some ironic karaoke of like Nirvana and Hole and stuff like that. And she grew up, her and Kurt grew up in Aberdeen. And so we were talking to each other about growing up in shitty Washington towns. Right. Because I grew up in Kenwick, Washington, which is, I mean, it's like hers is a, um, Aberdeen's like a, a lumber town and my town is like a, like redneck railroad town. So we talked about that and, and, um, and all of a sudden, like at that party, weird energetic things kept happening. Like the, all the lights went out and there was no other houses in the vicinity where any of the lights went out. It was just there. It was isolated. Mm-hmm. And it was like the, I think it was the 20th, it was some year anniversary of Kurt's death. And he has, I don't know if you know much about Nirvana, but they have a, they have like a lesser known album or EP called With the Lights Out. Wow. And right away, and, and Kim's there, right? His sister. I mean, his sister's there with the lights out and right away, like, but this was before I was spiritual at all. Like, I didn't even know. I just knew I was quitting alcohol and I'm like, I don't know what's happening to me, but I'm freaking out. Like what's happening. And all the lights went out and, um, instinctively in my head, I said, that's Kurt. Like, I was like, I know that's Kurt right now. Like turning off all the lights, like he's like announcing his presence. And this was the first spiritual awakened thought I ever had where I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, so getting sober really was the thing that awakened me but then I started it was like getting hit in the face by a light beam because I started hearing and feeling spirits everywhere I went the lights would turn off or go down like things would just go like haywire around me and I for seven months I like stayed at home with my door shut because I was like I'm terrified I can't go anywhere like I'm scared my boundaries were so I didn't know how to build up my boundaries and close my crown chakra so everything was just like coming in and it was off-putting but at the same time really cool because I was like wow I'm like you know I have a lot of friends that have passed you know growing up in a drug town a lot of like overdoses and I was like hearing and feeling all my friends that I hadn't spoken to or heard about or thought of for years and I was just hearing them and feeling them and so that's really getting sober was really where the steps started but I started 
what I call spiritual dancing. So I was like, I'd go to a tarot card reader or a Reiki person or a medium to be like, what's happening to me? Right. Like, cause just months before I got sober, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a spiritual guru and she's like talking to me and I'm like, I don't even know what spirituality means. I mean, that, it's just so nebulous. Like that doesn't even mean anything. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, whatever, like nothing exists. Like my theory was chaos theory. I was like, nothing means anything. We Were all- you more of an atheist? No, not even atheist. I, I kind of was just like, I just think everything's chaos and things just happen and we, and we apply value to it. Like there's no value or thing. We just apply a story to it and whatever we say is true. Like, like with religion, if people say, this is my God, this is my, my, my Satan, this is where I'll go after I die. Then that's what happens to them because they've created it. So it was, which is actually quite true in, in the spiritual metaphysical world that we all really talk about is that which we we think we create yes and it's funny because it was like it was like a backwards way though because I had built this identity this like drugged out punk rock identity to like that was like I don't give a shit about anyone or anything and like whatever Mm -hmm. you say I'm gonna say the opposite of and I was just like like I don't care and like spirituality stupid like I don't even know like you you don't even know what you're talking about like that kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah we share we share actually some parallels there I used to call that my bad bitch phase yes <laughs> <laughs> I was all about do you remember that song that's like I love bad bitches that's my fucking problem do you yes. ever remember that song that was my jam girl that was like <laughs> out with the snapbacks and tattoo song all day long yep and I was wow. like, when I hanging out in high school, I was, we called ourselves park rats. There was like the park across the street where all the stoners and smokers would go. And like, cause we had lunch where you could leave the camp, the high school campus and go across the street. And we'd just go, we literally be looking at our high school smoking cigarettes and being like, Ugh, like we don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just not even giving like zero yep. fucks. <laughs> and so it was this rebellious person I had built up that I was, but really deep down inside, I was terrified like, and if somebody actually was to display that and open up my vulnerability, I would have passed out on the floor and started crying incessantly for hours, days and days and years and years. And been like, I'm sorry, I messed it But on the outside, I'm like, whatever, like, I'm, I'm the baddest bitch, you know? Yeah. What do you think that, how do you feel like rebellion shows up in our energetic bodies? I think it's like protection. Rebellion is protection because, um, you know, especially for a drug user, but really anyone that's trying to keep people at a distance, um, it's basically saying like, even if you feel that deep down I am vulnerable, I'm going to show you that I'm not so that you'll leave me alone. You know, my whole, my whole thing was, um, you know, even if people like that, I loved like especially as an addict, even if your mom comes to you and says like, I will kill myself if you don't stop using, you're just like, I don't care. I don't give a shit at all. And it's like, it's terrible to say that. And it's really hard to even feel that again, but you have to create that in order to protect yourself from feelings and vulnerability. And so I think that that is rebellion is just another layer of leave me alone. I'm too, I'm, you know, it's, and it's actually really effective because it comes off as I can take care of myself and I'm doing great. And everyone goes, Oh, well, looks like she's doing, I mean, she's kind of a bitch about it, but she's doing okay. It looks like, <laughs> she's like <laughs> And so it's a great mechanism and it's a great protection. You know, there's like a few, I think Teal Swan was saying, it's like, you create this, you know, a lot of people outside will say like, Oh, poor that person, you know, poor them and look at how they're struggling. And it's like, but it's working for them whatever they're using to protect themselves, it's working for them. So not poor them. They're actually like using what they know, the only thing they know to either protect themselves or create boundaries, even if to you or outside for, you know, um, people, it looks like scary or they don't know what they're doing. It's like, actually they know more than you think they do and probably are dealing with their lives maybe better than you are. If you're, if you're like judging them about it, you know? Right. Yeah, that's really powerful. I love that this kind of conversation went there with rebellion because of there's so much of that energy kind of in the collective right now is is that frustration and anger and rebellion on where our world's at. It's it's just crazy to take a look 
on the outskirts of what's really happening. You know, Aaron and I had had started a use uh, my voice matters movement on Facebook, and yeah, you know, actually, let's talk about that for a minute. Yes, that's actually great. That's we. It's a perfect segue into really what. Erin's work is she's doing is as well as, you know, being an addiction specialist, but also just being a voice for women. We're ta- I mean, feeling into the times right now, women are going through so much. And we started this My Voice Matters movement, Facebook live conversation to really allow for women to just press record. And I, I'm going to give this over to you, Erin, and, sh- and have you share about like why this came up for you and, and what this means for you and, and how you can be an inspiration for, for women to use their voice right now. It's funny because I love, I think that the best kind of movements or anything just happens completely randomly. When you try to make something happen or you mm-hmm. think so hard about creating this like and like launch, like as business women, especially you and I know this entrepreneurs and stuff, mixing spirituality in, the more that you like over process and overthink about like, okay, I'm going to launch this at this date. That's when it crumbles. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as you try to create a date for a launch or a, this thing's going to happen at this date, the universe is like, don't try to control me. Because when you try to micromanage what the universe wants, it's like, oh, okay, well, if you got it, then I'm, I have no place nearby. And it takes off and you're like, and then when the thing happens, you're like, oh no, I'm left alone. It's because you kind of created this bubble for yourself, you know? So I say that as like, a, you know, a precursor to this movement. Cause I think it just kind of happened organically. You and I were like, we were doing a lot of like telepathic work where it was just like, you would come up with something and I'd be like, yeah, let's do this. And it would be like, I already did that or whatever, you know? So it was like really cool how organically it happened. Yeah. And really for me, you know, hashtag my voice matters is about, okay. So a big thing that it hits with me is that part of my growth and my challenges over the years since I've been sober and everything is trusting is self-trust. And trusting that whatever comes out of my mouth at the time is what I'm supposed to be saying. And that was always so hard for me because I'm a perfectionist. I'm a planner. I want to make sure that if I'm going to affect change, I have to have this list of things and bullet, you know, bullet points that everything comes out the right way. And the more that I was planning, I found the more uncomfortable it was and the more cardboardy that I was. And so I really want, um, for my voice matters for women to be listening to what their soul tells them. Even if they press record and it's just like, um, I'm drinking water right now. And then I'm looking up, <laughs> it just becomes something else because as we speak, our, we're connecting to a divine source and a divine connection that we may or may not have known connect like existed. And as we're speaking and that comes out, we start going, Oh wait, like I can trust that this body has in it what it needs. And it's saying what I need to say right now at this very moment. And um, there's a lot of fear attached to that. And that's exactly what we're trying to break down the walls of this of fear, especially with the Me Too movement. And that's why I was saying that the Me Too movement was very random as well. I think it was like one woman just said it, but I know that it was, we want to give credit where credit is due. I don't know her name, but there was a woman that, that came up with this. Have you heard of this? I don't know who actually who originally came up with it. What my yeah. understanding was that it came from the Hollywood, the, the Harvey Weinstein thing. Yeah, all of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it started. It actually started originally like 15 years ago or something. Oh wow! So, yeah, some African. There was an African American woman woman that was at like I don't know the details, so I don't want to mess it up or anything. But she was, I think, at some kind of rally and just brought it up and said like "Me too," and like everyone else was saying like. So it was, I don't think it was as big a movement because the internet and Facebook wasn't as, social media wasn't as like prevalent then. Right. It was, but not not the same way with the social justice movement and everything and how things um, help. And you, I mean, think about it. The shift has been so big. Like before people would get angry and say things on Facebook, but never really stand up and be like, this is my stance. And I don't, you know, and now people are really doing that and they're banding together and they're using it as a tool. Like before it was like, you know, just a bunch of random debates where people are blowing up at each other, but now people are using it as a tool for change. And it's yeah. like, and yeah, so the Me Too movement was come up with 
like many years ago. Yeah, I just actually pulled up the the information here so we could be accurate with our facts. So it was actually launched 10 years ago by a black activist and her name is Tarina Burke. Tarina Burke. Tarina Burke. See, I'm just going to say the name. Yeah, she saved the name and she's the founder and director of Just Be Incorporated, a nonprofit organization launched in 2006 that focused on health, well-being, and wholeness of young women of color. So she's all about the feminine. She's 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 like, oh, this yes. this is long gone. Like I started this, you know, and I, you know, why it surfaced again is really interesting because we actually, you know, we are seeing a lot of patterns resurface right now in yes. the world. So uh, the, like everything that's happening, let's be real and honest, it really has. It's not like this is all the first time it's happening. It's yeah. all happened before. We're just seeing it show up again so we can learn and grow and make different choices. And Scorpio, like Scorpio is so on the forefront right now. I mean, it's all about transformation. So, you know, things like that. And I'm working, I work at a company that does uh, programming um, that is like historical docudrama for, for different decades. And every decade that people are in think it's like the worst. They're like, everything, I can't believe this is happening. It's never been this bad and whatever. And then, but seeing the decades, like we do the sixties, we do the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, and next we're going to do a millennium, but whatever. And it's like, there's all sorts of stuff. Every time you think like, oh, but this decade was okay. It's like, there's so many things where it was like the end of the world is happening. Everyone, you know, (laughs) everyone's freaking out and and it's always, and, and we don't, you think by now people would be like, okay this is happening again in a different pattern, like wake up. And that's where I think that we're born in this like generation for a reason. I'm so glad to be born in this era because it, people are awakening right now. Cause before all the stuff was happening, the patterns were going over and over again, but no one was really awakened to it. And that's why, and now we're starting to go like, Oh, like I have a bigger part in this than I thought one person can do a bigger thing. You know what I mean? And so it's really like opening up everybody to be like, because really people are starting to shift. Even the people that don't know, it's just happening to them. And um, it's just really great to be, especially a practitioner and healer during this time, because Mm -hmm. this is the perfect time for it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And and going back to my voice matters, that's why it's so important for us to rise up as healers and rise up as activists in our field or as a woman period is because of the ability to now we are I feel like now it's like for me you know I practice so much of the craft and and doing goddess work and reclaiming that word witch and it's like we, I, I'm reading the book, which as a lot of you probably already know, but it's by Lisa Lister. I think that's how you say her name. And she's the bomb. Like she's going to be on this podcast. We are bringing her on because she yes. talks about how it's like, we're no, the, the fires that once burned us, we are letting them burn through our internal ways of being and, and shedding the old stories of patriarchy that had basically shut us the fuck up. And now we're like, wait a minute. No, no, no. We've risen again. Here we are. And we're, we're here unified and united again. It's not about separation. Women, we're not, you know, we're going to actually go into this comparing ourselves to each other, competing against one another. You know, that those are all the stories that we get to burn because it doesn't serve us, you know, but, but it's easy to get caught up in those old stories often. So why don't we transition into that, that conversation yeah. around? I was just going to say, because yeah. my voice matters. What, what makes me think of it's like, my voice matters is like women just pushing, pressing record and saying whatever is in their throat chakra, in their body that they just need to say. Like, hey, this is how I'm feeling right now. And by doing that, I think other women, everyone, but most, mostly other women can say like, oh, that person that I may have thought like was up above me on a different pedestal or like me, when I do live videos, everyone's like, Oh, I could never do that. I'm like, I literally just push record and like hope what comes out. I don't, I don't know. And when they hear like vulnerability and realness from people, like you just push record and you're on your walk and you say something and then someone walks past you and get it, you get a shy face. Like, Oh my God, this person's looking at me. It's like everyone, (laughs) other women can go like, Oh my God, she's going through the same thing. I that happens to me all the time. Like I hate when people look at me, whatever, like, you know, so it's, it is creating this space where now it's like, 
okay, all these same women are dealing with the same thing. It's not, and then the comparison piece starts to dissolve organically, you know, naturally. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's, it's a big... It, it's actually really interesting. So Aaron and I were talking about, you know, should we pick a topic? Let's do interview format. What are we going to talk about on this, on this podcast tonight? And as many of you know, it's all very intuitive and organic. Like none of this is really all that planned. Just like Aaron's saying, she just presses record as she gets on the live stream video, which I think is actually so much more powerful when we really sit in that energy of what we're creating by just trusting our intuition and trusting our voice that we know what to say, that we have all of the infinite wisdom within us to tap into and be heard, you know, and a lot of what we do as women is we process things through our voice. When we talk things out, it's like we're working out, like what, let's say we see this like tangled up string and it's our minds and our thoughts and all of our stories. And then we just call up a sister and we're like, all right, I gotta, I gotta fucking vent. I gotta tell you about my day. I gotta tell you about this, 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 and this. And suddenly the tangled mess starts to unravel and we're starting to have breakthroughs and realizations and suddenly we're in a graceful state. So when we were talking about this, I sat down and I pulled a card from my Osho deck and I pulled this card comparison. And I had just been telling her, you know, earlier today that I have been in this really interesting comparison energy and it's showed up I'm looking for the card. Here it is. And it's showed up a lot today. So there's this comparison card. I know my screen is blurry for those of you guys that are watching this. I'm going to figure it out. I promise. But (laughs) (laughs) technology. Okay. So there's the bamboo and there's a piece of wood, basically like there's the redwood tree and there's, you know, this beautiful, strong bamboo. And if we were just to take a moment and look at nature and observe how nature reacts to each other, this is a perfect mirror how you cannot compare bamboo and wood. You just can't. They're two completely separate energies. So how could we compare me and Erin when she is pink hair and I have brownish blondish hair and we're completely separate energies. We have different DNA. We have different fingerprints. We have all these different things. So why are we, why, what I'm asking myself, and this is coaching to my own damn self today is why am I, Oh, there goes my card. Why am I comparing myself to other people's journeys, other people's paths, because we're all on our own path. So Erin, let's, let's hear your wisdom on all of this and what you have to say about comparison. Well, that reminds me when you were talking about the bamboo and the wood and everything, it's like, um, the cool thing is, is that both of those elements, both of those things have the same, like we all, you know, all energy has the same atoms and everything. So it's like, they, they are from nature. You know what I mean? So even, so it's this weird, like beautiful paradox. That's like they're both completely different, but at the same time made from this nature. They're yeah, Gaia, they're same Earth. source. Yeah. And so we're all, and it's like the thing I read to you today about that we're all separate strands. It's like a braid, like in the thing I read where it's like we're all separate strands to so say it's like divine feminine, divine masculine, and comparison or whatever. Like, but we're all, so we're all doing our own work for the, we're all doing our own work separately. But then when we get together and we braid together, we're like, doing it for the collective as well. Mm. So it's like all this work going on and it's all so beautiful that you can't compare because it's just so many different juicy things happening all at once. So that's what I think of with like how those things are different, but the same. And, um, and really comparison, it's like, it's really, I th- it reminds me of this, the quote that I always say over and over again, cause I'm such a perfectionist of perfection is a prison. And I really think that comparison is the same type of energy. It's just kind of like, it's us, but it's a self created prison. It's like, we almost create it to self, to self sabotage. Do you know what I mean? It's like, we find like what it's almost like our subconscious says, what way can I stop myself from being the most powerful, wise person like we're scared of our power, like that Marianne Williamson quote, you know, we're scared of what we're most amazing for. And so like, we're, or we're scared about the divine amount of power we have in our bodies because it's so great that our human experience cannot even understand it. And so we're trying to desperately, our ego and it is trying to find ways to hold us down by saying, well, like, well, I'm not as good as that person, so I can never do that. And then it keeps you in the same comfortable, safe space, which creates a whole bunch of 
physical, emotional, energetic, and spiritual blockages because you're, you're creating this self-sabotage space where you can't work your way out and you can't, you've just created this block around yourself. So that's what right. it makes me think of as like a self-sabotage kind of energy, you know? Yeah. I love that you said that, that really what something you said was really powerful. Comparison is a self-created prison. And, uh, it's like separating or it's, it's creating actually, when we look at it that way, it's creating more separation, right? So it's like, we're actually in a prison. We've yeah. now imprisoned ourselves and what we think we want is like outside of the prison. And we can't even get there because we're now in this, this behind these bars that we've created, but it's up to us to go, give me those damn keys. Yes. And let me out of this prison. So do you have any tips actually that you would like to share with some women out there who find themselves, you know, often comparing to another or asking, you know, like for example, you know, you've got your niche and an addictionist specialist or somebody's got a niche and you're asking yourself, why, why can't I figure out what it is? What am I supposed to do? What am I here for? You know, and you're looking at all, everybody's Instagrams, flipping through everyone's Facebooks and going, she can do video, but I can't. What, uh, like, what <laughs> tips do you have to share with us? Well, gosh, there's so many things, but the first thing that I, so I think about my own circumstance because I've been doing so many things in my own business and entrepreneurship and everything. But at the same time, I still do that all the time. I still compare myself all the time. And it's not really a, from a place of, oh, they're doing that and I'm not, but it's more like, if I had that, like right. if I had that personality, I could do that. Or if I had that, the time, and then it becomes a bitter conversation. Like, like then it makes me feel like I'm not only comparing myself, but I'm pitted against the person, like bitter that they have more time. And it's right. like, it's like, well, this isn't fair. I'm working 50 hours a week. And this person is just doing all the amazing things that they want to do because they have all this time. And I'm getting like bitter about it, but I have, but then it's like, really, um, my number one tip is always listening, listen to yourself and listen to the other person. Because when you really listen deep down in your like inner ear, I call it, it's like when we're seeing from our third eye, that's like our inner knowing it's the same thing with ear. Like we're hearing, but we're not listening. So like getting really into listening to those people that you look up to and stuff and really like flipping the script instead of like looking at them from a place of, I want to be there looking at them from a place of what can I, what knowledge can I gain from them? You know, it's that, it's that thing like Tony Robbins and other people say where, um, don't, if you need advice or if you want to be in a certain area in, in your life, life, find the person that has exceeded all of that and has the most power and go to that space and get advice from them. Don't be getting advice from your, you know, somebody like at work because they don't know <laughs> yeah. what you're going through, you know? Right. So it's really listening and also acknowledgement. Like, I mean, acknowledgement is everything. It's like literally life. And that's the answer. To, for me, acknowledgement answers every question in the world. Like that's like the key, the master key for every answer. Because when I start getting like, I call it itchy. When I start getting like itchy, like my soul goes, oh, I don't like this. Like I'm comparing or wishing I had this or that. I just go, what about this person? do I get to acknowledge? Like, mm, you know, and then when I, beautiful. when I say it out loud and I say, you know what, you are so good at what you do. And I look up to you so much and you're such a light in this world. And look like everything you touch turns to gold because you just are coming straight from your heart and think about where they're coming from. Like if you're comparing yourself and you're thinking like, Oh, they have this because that's my thing. It's like, Oh, they have all this time because it's easy for I create this. It's easy for them story. And it's harder for me or whatever. So then I really look into their heart. What are they doing in their heart that's like driving them? And, and, um, and how can I acknowledge that and tell them how beautiful that is? Because as soon as you start acknowledging and opening up and seeing what somebody else's why is and what their come from is, then you start to see that in yourself. And it's like, because everyone around us is a mirror, right? Everyone around us is a mirror. So listening to me, listening and acknowledging, because when we start getting into comparison, we're not listening. We're just it's there's no receiving going on. We're just pushing. Right. You know? I love that. That's very beautiful to just, at first, when you said acknowledgement, my initial thought was you're going to acknowledge yourself, but I love how you flip it, flip the switch and you're like, I'm going to acknowledge this person. And when I've heard this so many times, as I'm sure a lot of you out there that when we see this light in others and we're comparing ourselves, it's really just a mirror showing up as what we are and what we, you know, 
can be or do or think or have or all of these things. So I, I work on getting in that state, but sometimes it is hard. Just like you said, you know, it, it isn't like we've just figured it all out and it's done and complete and infinite. Like the comparison story is gone. It's still in the collective. So we're still feeling it, but yes. we're having the conversation because it is this old story that is, is we're putting in the cauldron to burn. Yes. Yes. It reminds me of um, like, whenever I'm talking about sales or, you know, like offer making an offer, you know, it always gets really sticky. Cause it's like, you don't want to feel like a salesman or whatever. Um, but it's like, it's this, this vulnerability. So this, when you're, you know, making an offer or you're, or even when the comparison comes in being really vulnerable about it and getting just like super real and raw with it, like I will even, if I'm feeling anything icky in order to get it out of my system, I'll go straight to the source. So for me, say like, I'm comparing myself to someone that has a whole bunch of time and is knocking out packages. And I'm like, I don't have time. I can't even like go on Yelp and fix, uh, like look at my reviews or whatever. I can't do anything. And so I will like go to the person and be like, and this is fearful for a lot of people, but for me, I'll just be like, look, this has been happening. I really like, I really look up to what you've been doing. Start with the acknowledgement. I've been, I really look up to what you've been doing. And, um, and I just want you to know that I've been in a like tough space where I've been comparing myself to people and I'm comparing myself to you and it's making me feel bad. And what it really is, is that I, you know, you just, I want to acknowledge you and tell you how great, whatever, just start a conversation that way. Cause then that person will be like, Oh my God, you don't even know. Like my dog just died or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, right. As soon as you open up that vulnerability and you say like, Oh, I just feel icky about this. And I want to get up, especially if it's a good friend or something like, I just keep comparing myself to you. And then they'll be like, Oh my God, I have no clue what I'm doing. I'm going to tell you 99% of the time, the person's going to be like, I don't know what I'm doing at all. (laughs) Yeah. And we're comparing ourselves to what? Are perceived, uh, what we are perceiving from another person. It, like, for example, you know, you are looking at someone, so to say, that you think is knocking out all these packages and has all this time when they could also have another side hustle or part time work. Like, we don't really know, yeah. you know, and uh, just like we do, like, we both work separate jobs and it's like we love to do this and it's our passion. And eventually, our intention is to be 100% all in this this business but it's a journey and it's a process and i think that a lot of times we see these overnight success stories so to say and they're not they're there they take time they take love they take nurturing they turk they turk see we're creating work, work. <laughs> <laughs> well, they took so much work it's like yeah. so much work it really is and and i don't think really we really understand how much work it is until we jump into fire and we go all right i'm going to i'm going to sign up for this and we think it's just going to be this like slice of cake, but it's yes. really like pounds and pounds and pounds of shit. <laughs> God, it reminds me of my, uh, my business coach. She's a millionaire. She makes millions of dollars being a business coach. And when I tell her anything, I'm like, I'm freaking out. Oh, I'm like, I'm breaking down. Like, and like, oh. <laughs> everyone compares themselves to this lady. And she is like, she, but she will just say that she's a, in the same position or, you know, she'll get really vulnerable with it. Like she could just be like, oh, I'm your coach. So I don't want to tell you this because then you'll see that I'm vulnerable and like, you'll not want to hire me or whatever. But she, like, one of the things I came to her with was I don't have like an idea what to sell for a package or something. She's like, I don't either. She's like, I literally don't create my packages or my thing until I sell them. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I sell, she'll sell things for like $2,000 and up and then create what they are. And I'm like, Oh my God. So my millionaire business coach is doing the same thing. You know what I mean? She's yeah. Doing it. Like it's all based on your divine connection to source. And so when you just, that's where my voice matters come back. And when you just start speaking and, and doing stuff that makes you joyful, that's the hugest thing. I feel like we get so stuck in like just having to work. Like it's something it's like, just would do what makes you so joyful and do it because you love it. And when you do that, all riches come to you. You don't even have to like, we make it so hard. It's like, we so do, simple, but we make it so hard. We it's do. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. What a, what a deep conversation. 
you know, that I, I really hope that that, that this finds you, it will, cause you're here, of course, listening, yes. you know, that it'll serve us, but let's really just actively, my invitation to all of us and as well as myself is to really, every time we feel this comparison energy and, uh, notice that it's not serving us at this time let's just imagine it burning in a cauldron like literally seeing the energy go into this cauldron and just putting the fire on it and 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 letting that old story burn because we are all one and we are sisters coming together in this time to really connect heal and restore the balance on this planet and it's not going to happen if we keep comparing ourselves and putting ourselves in that prison yeah i mean in comparison is the exact same as ego because what ego does is it tells us you're completely separate. You are different from everyone. You are special. You are, and it's like, the truth is we are completely meaningless and completely meaningful at the same time, which is like the world's biggest uh, paradox and, and is really hard to think of because it's like, no, it's like, you're insignificant, but you're also the most amazing, powerful being on the planet earth. It's like, mm-hmm. what? So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so yeah, it's really, like you said, it's a collective, it's, it's, like we're all pulling this, you know, tug of war together. And if one person like stops to like do something, it's, we've lost all momentum. So it's really important that we come together as one and like pull together instead of anyone off is the ego and comparison creates us as all of a sudden we've stepped away from the collective. And it's like, no, that's creating a weakness. Come back. We need you, you know? Right. And, um, and that's another thing. If we start doing retreats and stuff that we'll be able to bring women. When together. we start to retreats. Ah! Yes, when, yes. Yeah. We're, we're, we're concocting up some, quite a few things cauldron. together in the cauldron. <laughs> Not only are we burning things, we are creating things in the cauldron. Yes. We get to do both. And um, so, yeah, we're working on a retreat for women. So this is, I guess, the, the, the slight announcement. Yeah. It's out. The secret's out. Definitely not going to be launching anything until next year, but uh, it's it's really in the works right now, and I I'm really just excited. You know, we, it's been a conversation in the collective quite some time for myself as well as Aaron and some other sisters that we're doing this with. So I'm really excited, and I I know it's going to be finally. I feel like it's this opportunity finally for women. You know, we've we connect through social media through the podcast or however we find each other. But it's really, what's really powerful is when we come together physically and we do the work and we're like, let's close out the world. Let's go into our huts. Let's get naked. Let's, yes. <laughs> let's cry. Let's weep. Let's burn yep. shit. Let's get wild. And scream, I'm, like scream. scream. Yes. Screaming Women medicine. So blocked. Women, I feel right now just the collective of, of women and fe- the divine feminine is just choking themselves they're choked and i'm like you need to just scream and yell sing do singing classes do anything that like gets your throat unblocked i will yeah if i'm at work like i work a 10 hour job a day job and i will walk out to my car just to lock all the doors and shut all the windows and just scream and then i'm like ah then i just go back into work it's just like oh yeah feel it that kali energy yes yes oh so amazing well, Erin, we're, we're getting close to uh, almost a full hour here. So do you have anything that you want to share that is the work that you do? Of course, I'm going to ask you, you know, where everyone can find you, but do you have any like last words that you want to share before we close up this, this show? Um, you know, I just really want everyone to know that the, the work that they're doing is so amazing even if they feel that um, they're just waking up, standing up, doing the same thing, going to work, even if they don't feel passionate about their job, it's like you get to acknowledge yourself for waking up. You Mm -hmm. get to acknowledge yourself for putting your feet on the floor. You get to acknowledge yourself for dressing yourself and taking a shower in the morning. Like these are things that people take for granted. And it's like, not everyone, A, not everyone has those advantages, but B, it's like, you're doing that. That's the work. You know, it's like, and I keep bringing up like other teachers and stuff, but Teal Swan says this great line that I will say over and over until the day I die because it's so amazing, is um, even if you are in a vegetative state for the rest of your days, you are of infinite worth. You don't have Mm -hmm. to do anything. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to be anything. Just literally being in your human body and existing 
you are of infinite worth, period. That's it. And so that's what I'm doing, like to bring it back around to my addiction work. That's what I'm doing in the realm of addiction is first of all, I'm revolutionizing it. I'm shaking it up from the rigid system it is now where it's like, if you're an addict, you have these three choices, you know? And it's like, no, there's so many things you can do. Holistic healing is how I'm going to bring holistic healing into addiction. So, so we heal from a place of like, what are the subconscious triggers that's causing what you're doing to feed or numb? Because addiction is all about feeding and numbing. That's all it is. So it's like, why are you feeding and numbing? And what can we do to get to the subconscious of that? There's energy work, there's tarot card readings, there's Akashic records readings, there's, the, and then also there's therapy, there's one-on-one -on -one therapy, there's workshops. So it's really tailored. What I want to do is tailored to the human, whatever person's in front of me. And um, the first thing is always letting them know that they are of infinite worth, because I feel like, especially in the realm of addiction, people are always telling addicts, you need to be this way. You need rehab. Um, we're going to do an intervention because what you're doing is all wrong. Your life is fucked. You're a terrible look at the lives you've ruined. Mm. And no one ever says you're beautiful. Like I see you working every day to cope and get through life. And what that says to me is because addicts wake up every day wanting to die. Mm. They want to die every day and they're slowly trying to kill themselves so that they don't have to exist. So when you tell them, I see you work because, because they're not apathetic though. They're still working. Even if they're like still doing drugs, they're still, or whatever the addiction is, it doesn't have to be drugs and alcohol. Yeah. I was going to ask that if that's yeah. something you work, you work with as well, you know, caffeine addiction, carb addiction yes. or whatever, any addiction. A big one nowadays is news addiction, news and um, addiction to Trump and all that stuff. It's like, it creates a really negative energy vibration which just keeps us in the same muck. And we can't, if, if we're tearing off the Band-Aid, yes, the muck needs to come up, but we need to clear it. Muck comes up, clear it. That's why I'm a holistic healer, because it's about letting, but acknowledging that the muck is there instead of like, oh no, I need to, you know? So it's like right. acknowledging it's there and then clearing it. So yeah, addiction of any kind, not just drugs and alcohol, but because addiction is all of any kind is what are you feeding or starving? What are you trying to hide? Basically, it's a wall that you're putting up so that you don't have to feel or look at something in your life. And it's perfectly fine. That's the thing is people are shamed and blamed into thinking I'm a terrible person or what I'm doing is wrong. And then that creates more of, I want to numb more, you know? So it's like, so for me, if I wanted to see like, ideally, if there was some kind of intervention for addiction, I want, I would want it to be everyone sitting around and acknowledging the person. Instead of, I'm going to read you a letter about how I'm going to disown you if you don't stop doing drugs, or you better go to rehab today or else we're leaving, is everyone just sitting around and saying, just acknowledging the person and what they do in their life for them, you know? And because um, addicts of any kind are just trying so hard to survive. So by acknowledging and that I see you, I see you. Um, that helps them to see, cause no one's going to change unless they want to. Right. Like I told my mom, like she, my mom gets up in the arms of, I wish I would have done this. I'm like, mom, you could have thrown me in a straight jacket and put me in rehab. And I, I might've actually been worse off if you did that than I was doing it on my own. So holding the space and acknowledging and yeah. Beautiful. Well, you know, I just acknowledge you for the work that you are doing. It's such a big, big thing yeah. to tackle, you know, but, uh, you're here for it and made for it. And I just, I'm so grateful that, you know, we're all here doing the work. And so for any of you guys, anyone out there that, you know, is struggling or, you know, not maybe let's take out the word struggle, but just experiencing an experience in life where they're having a moment and you want to support them or even yourself. If you notice you're addicted to carbs or shopping or spending money or whatever it looks like, I definitely highly recommend working with Erin. Uh, I've worked with her on sessions with mediumship and doing readings and she really is a divine source and she will intuitively tell you exactly where you get to go and grow. So where can everyone find you, Erin? So right now I don't have a website, but I do have a booking site. So I like it because it's just very clean and it's just all of my stuff listed out for the um, services I offer. And so, because my thing with like, not just addiction, but anyone struggling with, you know, shame or blame or self-worth conversations, it's like they can 
create their own program or basically talk to me first and we can create a program together or like they can look through my list of services and then pick, okay, I want a 10 minute Akashic records reading just to see what it's about. And then how about a 30 minute Reiki session? And then we'll do like a one-on-one -on -one workshop or whatever, just to like build their own program based on what they're feeling inside. Um, and so, but that is, it's a kind of a long link. So maybe we'll add this to the page, but if it's airinspirational.youcanbook.me. Yeah, we'll add we'll add it to the page uh, at yeah. the description section so you guys can find her. And of course, for those of you that are in the Facebook group, I am Goddess Collective. That she's she's actively in there talking and sharing her gifts as well. So if you're not in there, I invite you cordially to the Facebook group. Please join us. Uh, you go to Facebook, type in the search engine. I am Goddess Collective, and we will definitely approve you into uh, into our little tribe. Yeah. And what was the other thing? Oh, well anything. So on Instagram or Facebook, if you go to like facebook.com slash or look up air inspirational, that's like my name everywhere. So just Google air inspirational and I'm on Instagram with that name and Facebook with that name. So awesome. And she really is air inspirational. It's like, so, <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> All right, Erin, a few more questions for you, and then we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, all right, my favorite question I love to ask all my all the, the guests here on the podcast is, da -da -da -da, are you ready? Are you ready? Drum roll, please. I've got this drum set right here. Uh, what does it mean to be a goddess to you? Mm, I love that question. To be a goddess to me is empowerment. Self-empowerment empowering others to, goddess to me. And I love the name of this podcast and the movement of goddess collective because it is a collective. When I hear the word goddess, I don't think of one being or deity, deity or entity. I think of a collective. I think of the goddess, like the mm -hmm. collective goddess, which is just about empowerment. And it's great. It's just so perfect that we're talking about comparison and everything. Cause the opposite of that is the goddess and, mm -hmm. and it is, empowerment and the collective. And even when I think of like, you know, different goddesses, Kali Ma or Lilith, it's like those goddesses live in us and we live in them. We're all the same being. It's just like this collective blanket. And as one goes, I think of it as like, if one energy goes down, we're all there like picking the other one up. It's like this beautiful undulating, like energetic space where we're pulling and, and working with each other. So to me, it's just a big collective of empowerment, which is funny because I pulled the empowerment card. Yes, show us Lilith. Yes, so this That's is beautiful. Lilith, the empowerment card, and she's like on fire devil goddess. And I'm gonna actually read the first part of the in the book because I never knew the story of Lilith and the way that they say it in this book is amazing. So they say, uh, uh, so ancient Sumerian goddess Lilith, whose name means screech owl, which is freaking awesome, is <laughs> powerful and controversial. Due to her refusal to be dominated sexually by her husband, Adam, she was demonized by patriarchal institutions. Lilith chose independence and allied herself with the animal and spirit realm. Adam was forced to have a compliant replacement in Eve from God. Lilith defies any form of male control. She may be depicted as the winged serpent or with a serpent entwined around her. Her long hair is symbolic of feminine powers. The apple represents sexual awakening. Lilith has blown in to demand that you stand up for what you know is right, no matter how unpopular this position may be. Be free in your own uniqueness and know you are your own authority. So that's really mm -hmm. all about the goddess and the collective and this um, kind of, and also the, hashtag of my voice matters it's like we are all this non-compliant goddess and we get to say whatever we want anytime we want it period like that's it mm, I love that you shared that I was gonna ask you to pull a card and of course you you shared it anyway so yes. we telepathically <laughs> communicate quite often these days yeah, I know yeah all right last question what song would you love to leave the listeners with today tonight or whenever you guys are all listening <laughs> thinking of a song that would uh really just fit with either the vibration or the energy that we just spoke into or even just one of your favorite songs that you would love to share okay so i love bonnie Raitt. do you know bonnie Raitt? 
I don't. So Bonnie Raitt is a blues singer and artist from the, I think she started in the 60s or 70s. Um, and I think it was 70s. And she is like bluesy, folky, country, like she's got a raspy voice. I'm sure you've heard, let's give them something to talk about. Of course, yes. Yeah, that's her. So um, since we're talking about female empowerment and angelic beings, she does a song, I think it's called Angel from Montgomery. All right, angels and goddesses. Well, enjoy this this vibrational tune that Erin has selected. Thank you so much, Erin, for being here. We love you. We're so grateful you're here. All right, sisters, until next time. I love you. I see you. I hear you. Bye for now. Named after my mother. My old man is another. Child is grown old. Dreams with thunder. Lightning was desire. This old house would have burnt down a long time ago. Since I woke up today